Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into Catelyn 11 of A Game of Thrones. And in the Maester's study, we are covering Lord Hoster Tully. Yeah, it's the penultimate episode. Yeah. Of uh, I mean, I'm, I'm using that word correctly, aren't I? You're the grammar guy, Sir uh, Ezra. That, 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 is, that is the correct use of the word, right? It sounded great, yeah. I is it so. penultimate like the it's like the one before the one that yes yep all right well here that's that's what i'm hoping i'm no grammar expert here but uh <laughs> that's what it is i yeah, think yeah so <laughs> something like that we're there we're there uh, we man big things happen that are going to set the stage two yeah. big events this week and next week and then we're over then we're moving on to clash of kings Sooner than we thought. We were thinking, hey, let's push it out. And No. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, Sir Ezra, correct me if I'm wrong, it's time to declare war. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Yeah. The podcasting wars, much like the Clone Wars, you know, as we, yep. as, we talk, as you and I talk a little bit about sometimes on our Star Wars podcast, uh-huh. um, Hyperspace Hangout, yeah, they're here. Just like the War of the Five Kings. Okay? And let yep. it be known yep. that there is only one... You know, or or two, if you include both of us, kings of podcasting, and that's us. <laughs> yeah, my friend, I ah, get out of our way. You know, bend the knee, damn it. Yeah, that's what I gotta say. I, I'm telling. Lines you. have been drawn in the sand. Yeah, we've been called out, mm-hmm. and I uh, ain't putting up with it. Yeah, it's not a joke anymore, man. It is not it's a not. joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> I have had it. I mean, it, so, well, was it just last week I was talking about, I mean, I'd all, like all of my dilemmas were going on, and uh, it's it's time. It is absolutely time. We've been hashtagging 2020, like we're, we're gearing mm-hmm. up for something big. It, well, I don't know, but like the whole Clash of Kings thing, like you literally hit me up and you were just like, no, we're, we're just moving forward. We're, we're just Yeah, going. we got to do it. Yeah, we yeah. just can't wait. You know, I listened, yeah. <sighs> I listened to the 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 prologue of a Clash of Kings, yeah, and just because we're so close, because I was getting ready for this week's episode, and you know, I got delayed because I was sick, and your mm-hmm. sister, you know, had yeah. a baby, so yep. ha- you know, happy name day to uh, Ben. Yep, thank you. Yep, um, and uh, you know, I was just uh, so I, I was listening. I listened to this chapter, and I just went ahead and listened to the next chapter, and then I just went right into Clash of Kings, and man. The prologue of Clash of Kings, when you think about the story, mm-hmm. right, of where we're at now and how drastically different it is yep. in three chapters is enormous. Right. It yep. is an enormous difference mm-hmm. of where we're at right now, you know, where we're about to see, um, you know, Rob do some pretty cool things, uh, being crowned, you know, King of the North. Spoilers. Spoiler. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, Daenerys is about to, you know, air quote, give birth to three dragons. Yep. And then the next chapter is we're talking about R'hllor and Stannis Baratheon yep. and why he got Dragonstone over Storm's End. Mm-hmm. And we're introduced to Davos Seaworth and Melisandre and yep. Patchface and Shireen Baratheon. And, I mean, it's huge. It's so Yep. Much different, so much more expansive, mm-hmm. and I'm ready. Yeah, 
I, I mean, tell. especially because it's it's a Stannis chapter, and I just love Stannis Baratheon, the one true king, as we all know. Yes. Uh yeah. I mean, that's where I just so we we just got to. It's just it's. I'm not saying it's like oh, it's so much better. It's just it's. You know, we've been. Uh, you know, like we've you and I. You, I still think back to that. Uh, that critique we had on one of our iTunes reviews where the guy says, you know, it gets a little repetitive. Us talking about the same people and we've kept saying, you know, and we, and uh, we look at those and we, you know, anytime we get criticism, we're like, yeah, okay, let's, let's work on that. Let's improve the show. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you and I were talking about was like the first book really is kind of narrow on the characters. Yep. And at the second you hit a clash of Kings, it, you know, it expands. It just boom, yeah. huge. And so I'm just so much so excited to start talking about the Tyrells and um, you know the Baratheons and work and that we're going north beyond the wall and all of this stuff and it's gonna be oh it's ah yep. so ready it it, it what's well, epic and you know so in this in this whole first book what's amazing to me when when I, when I look at this and as we've done a reread you know Stannis Baratheon is mentioned but we never see him he's right. he's a character we never get to meet. And not only are we going to meet him right out the gate, but we get to meet the cast of characters that surround him. Uh, we get their names, a little bit of background. We get some of their, you know, their beliefs or where they stand on this on this issue of who should be king and all that kind of stuff. We've heard about Mance Raider. We're going to get, you know, more on him to come and the ca- cast of characters around him. So every character ha- that these point of view chapters, it's like once when we shift out there to Dragonstone. Now we we've got a whole new batch of of uh, House Florent and so on. I mean, we're we're learning all sorts of crazy stuff um, as 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 we move around to different uh, point of views. So it's just it's wild. It's it's exciting and it's it's crazy to think that George had that in his mind. He had been talking about these characters intentionally, left them off the pay or you know did not have them appear uh, next to our other characters and knew where he was going with this. Absolutely. Well, you know, the other thing to think about is if you were somebody who and a lot of people, you know, listen to this podcast were were tarnished by season eight. And a lot of people have said this is my first time getting into the books. Just wait, because this is where you really start to see the differences between the show and the book. As we've said a lot, the first book and the first season really go hand in hand. Well, Mm -hmm. it's really the second book where you, you there's so many more characters introduced and there's so many different ways things happen. Right. Magic way more prevalent in the books than in the show. Mm-hmm. And it really picks up here. I mean, this is once you meet Melisandre, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now we're talking about the Lord of Light and right. it's like, whoa, we're introduced to a brand new God. And what is that God's relationship? Oh, there's a God of fire and there's also these ice people. And, you know, as we go beyond the wall, that side expands a little bit more because John and the wall, other than the prologue of a game of Thrones is, well, we know that there are these like white walkers cause we see one in the prologue, mm-hmm. yeah. but we don't really know a lot about it. And it's mostly John just kind of fitting in and do right. I want to stay? Do I want to go? Well, now they're beyond the wall. So there is no running back. It's yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean, Theon gets chapters. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, like it's ooh huge. Sure. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, we, we've heard references to shadow binders. We just heard that a couple of chapters ago. We heard uh, references to a red priest. And so now we're going to get a red priestess. So it's just mind boggling to think all that was up there. And he had to kind of he's, he's holding back. There are things that are that were in George's mind when he when he when he wrote this book. Uh, he he knew it was going to be a part of a bigger series. I mean, he thought it was a trilogy, right. then it's expanded, but it's, you know, 
So I'm with you. The excitement's there, and and uh, I I don't think we can wait. And uh, it's just we're, we're going to push forward. Now I think we've kind of talked that we're going to continue the the maester study, focusing on on other characters, and we might weave in some some regions uh, as well. Like like today, we're focusing on Hostertelli. Um, when we go to Dragonstone, we may focus on the maester or the history of Dragonstone, or um, you know uh, just some of the other characters who surround Stannis Baratheon. Because the cast gets bigger, and I think it's going to be neat to kind of make sure we know who who surrounds uh, these individuals. So yeah, absolutely. All so. right, cool. So <sighs> pumped up, man. Yeah. How you been? I mean, how's it? How's it going? Dude, it's good. I am so an uncle. I, you know, people say that they're like, "Oh, I'm an <laughs> uncle again." Well, you're not really an uncle like again. Like you're yeah. an uncle, and then you like you just add more. Right? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what people say. Like, oh, I'm glad to be an uncle again or an aunt again. It's like, well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You never ceased. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. Right. I mean, I um, it, it was it was it was crazy. I had the long expected party, which I told folks about last week. I mean. I mean, I was borderline. We we made so many references to, to me quitting my job. I went to the long expected party and I met a bunch of uh, uppers and and some people who were you know here from our realm uh, at at Bend the Knee. And they basically said to me like, "Are you really uh, quitting your job and just going to podcast full time?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, there's an end date. There is an end date, my friends." And I'm actually excited about that. It's it's cool. It's exciting. So um, the end date's not going to be as soon or as a, as abrupt as I thought it was going to be. But uh, it's still there, and and so that's, that's exciting. And then so we had that whole weekend, uh, which mm-hmm. was just nuts, as as you know. Met a lot of people who listened to Bend the Knee, which is crazy. So shout out to those folks, uh, uh, Chase and Phil and uh, Amanda. We have a, we, we have a Raven from Amanda today, uh, who actually was at the party, who I got to meet and talk nice. to. So that's crazy, right? Uh, so, anyways, what, it was just an intense weekend. I leave that weekend, and another one of our listeners, um, she listens to Hyperspace, she listens to, basically, I think I think all the podcasts that I'm on, and she got in a car wreck, my friend. She got in a car wreck. Oh my wreck. god, is she okay? Yeah, she's good, she's good. I would, I, oh, okay. I, I probably would, yeah. So, but she did like a fender bender, and so she's from Colorado, so I'm like, oh my gosh, she doesn't have anybody who, that, that she really knows around here, so I, I take off, I mean, I literally got in my shadow facts, and I just, you know, hauled ass, uh, in into Columbus and, and um, was able to give her a ride and make sure she was okay and everything like that. So that was like late, late Sunday night into Monday. And then I go to school for half a day. My sister is like, I'm having a baby, needs help, and I run home uh, with her, go to the hospital, have a baby. It's all good. Um, just nuts. It's been a crazy, yeah. crazy weekend. And then, you know, just trying to catch up on stuff. So Right. But so, yeah. I mean, so, so, Monday, so Monday you had to have been pretty tired. Oh my gosh, dude! It was it was insane. It was. I mean, not as tired as your sister, obviously, because she had a baby. I mean, okay, so like, here, okay. here you are complaining. I mean, she's <laughs> she's doing all the work. Oh man, yeah, kind of tired. Sorry, I'm not getting back in podcast. I don't know what. To, come on, Go, let's get this baby she's, out here. It's like no big deal. Just had a baby, you know. Jeez, jeez, man. Oh my. Show gosh. some show some, some compassion. Hey, she's a warrior. She's a warrior. <laughs> That's hysterical. I mean, honestly, though, my sister's a trooper, man. She's just like, she's hard. Yeah, man, it's like three hours, man. Yeah, it was, it was, it was long. It was, it was longer than that. It was crazy, but anyway, so uh, yeah, crazy weekend. But dude, how are you doing? What's going on? 
Oh man, I've been sick. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. I had the um, you know the, the cold, uh, the the chills. I, I think I'm I think I'm okay. I'm overcoming it. Um, you know, you and I were recording last night uh, for Hyperspace uh, Hangout, and I was like, I just stopped talking at some point because I was like, literally, just you know, this isn't working. Um, but I feel so much better now, and I did not want to record Bend the Knee last night because. Um, not that like, I don't, you know, it's just, we're in the last few chapters, man. And we only get to do this once. And I want to make sure that I'm at my absolute prime yeah, yeah, yeah. to talk about this. Cause this is a big deal. Okay. Yeah. We're about to crown someone King of the North today. And I, I just couldn't do it, you know, at, at 80%. I want to make sure I did it at, at least 90%. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, everything is good had some family in town over the weekend uh kids so it was certain if i had to describe the the weekend in one word it would be loud uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the Jeez. easiest easiest way to describe my girlfriend's um brother and uh his wife and their two uh daughters they're both uh, well they're twins so they're like five yeah. um so this is loud and we're this is a small house this was was a lot yeah, yeah. Um yeah, but so it was good. It was good. So, good, yeah, good. man, I'm just uh excited. Well, dude, I I got to say you you hit on something and we talked about this last night, but like when when we do an episode, we really do want it to be like we, mm-hmm. there are sometimes where you guys probably notice like we're busy, stuff stuff life happens and it kind of picks up, but if we can avoid having all those distractions when we podcast. Like jobs. Yeah, like get them out of <laughs> here. Like, what the yeah. heck? Oh my gosh. But yeah, we like this is a cool. This is an awesome chapter. It's one of our. I think it's it's one of my favorite chapters. I I really enjoy uh, the character development here and learning some of the history uh, to River Run and Hoster Tully. So it, I don't know. It I, I love it, and I I, I didn't want to uh, just you know shortchange have, it. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, it, it's good. This will be good, and I'm glad we kind of kind of held off and and we were always evaluating things. I am so pumped that you decided and you were like we're going forward with with, with we with had Sasha to. King. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, well, we thought, you know, the thought process was, okay, well, oh man, like launching it January 1st would be so cool. Mm-hmm. And then we really looked at the calendar like, I don't know, that's like 3 months worth of not like what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean, that's just we it's, just it's, have to it's, yeah. Yeah, there, there's and again, there's plenty we stuff of stuff we could cover. Um, but it's just sort of like you got the momentum. People are people are, mm-hmm. are amped to do it, and, and uh, I think people are kind of ready to go. I know I have a friend, a uh, couple friends who are ready to to jump in, and they want to start with this book with with a with the Clash of Kings. So, anyways, we got this episode, the next, and then uh, we'll do a couple. We're gonna do like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do like a yeah, we're gonna do like a Raven's Nest, and then. Um you know like kind of a just like a general review may take like a week off probably not uh but then we're jumping to hyperspace so probably i mean it's the end of september ish right now so certainly the beginning of november mm-hmm. yeah 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 so all right man well uh let's move in here uh to to the meat of this show um let me see do we have did we have a captain's report? I bet we did, and I just I, I didn't pull it up here. So uh, Lord Robert, the Unfrozen, uh, always in the group, kind of doing some some epic epic stuff there. Okay, so this week's poll is the Grand Northern Conspiracy true. Yeah, see, I thought this would be kind of interesting. Uh, 
So, of course, feel free to discuss in the comments. But I thought this was interesting. And so, do you want to uh, just mention briefly what the Grand Northern Conspiracy is, Sir Matt? I mean, it's 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 some, I mean, the the answer here is most people are saying yes that it is a true right. Thing. So the Grand right. So the Grand Northern Conspiracy. Um, you know, you 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 really got to look at House Manderley, um, and that's. Right, you know, that's kind of... So, the Manderleys, in the books, much bigger deal than in the show. With the show, we just kind of see them at that scene where John gets crowned King of the North. But in the books, it's a much bigger deal. You know, you have Davos going and meeting him with him, and, uh, you know, he's like, he's like a much bigger, more kind of obese character, and so he's, like, always in the bathroom. And he's really <laughs> yeah. there because he's like, he's, like, plotting, right? You know what I mean? It's not really that he's, like, oh, just in the bathroom forever. Um it's kind of like his thing. And um, so anyway, so that's like that's the character. The chapters around there is where it really starts um, kind of picking up because Davos is actually going out at the end of like a dance of dragons. Right. He's mm-hmm. going to go find he's going to go find Rickon. Yep. So again, I think is going to I don't think he dies at the Battle of the Bastards like he does in the show. I think that's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the idea is they want to prop him up as the Stark to take over the Boltons because there's always been a Stark in Winterfell is, mm-hmm. is kind of, is kind of the thing. And so that is that the, all these Northern Lords do not want to rally behind the Boltons because obviously they're freaking crazy and they want to, you know, in, reinstall, you know, a Stark in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They, uh, th- that, that phrase, the North remembers becomes a, a, a big deal and, and how people use it and how they're communicating together. Uh, yeah, there's definitely something going on. Some, some, uh, a, a group of phrase has, has gone missing as the Manderleys have left from White Harbor headed up to, to Winterfell. So, uh, it's pretty cool. I definitely think there's something there. We're, we're going to get more of that in Winds of Winter. We'll, we'll see what's happening. Um, Lord Manderley is, is actually, we, we get in that, uh, Dance of Dragons chapter where he's talking to Davos, he realizes that, Davos realizes he's surrounded by a bunch of phrase. He has to thread a needle here as well. So, the air quote Game of Thrones or the the game that's being played, this political whatever, these this maneuvering is happening in the north, and it's fascinating to kind of uh, watch. And you don't even really notice it; uh, it's not like abrupt and in your face. You really have to pay attention to kind of catch some of these references to to see what's what's happening and what which um, how the houses are kind of allying or or you know uh, positioning themselves. So, but yeah, I thought that was a really cool, and I thought that was a good. A good a good poll to to kind of have up there. We have um some some comments here. Jason Ross, just the North remembers uh, a bannerman uh, has no name. I'm a believer in this though. How it plays out in the books will be fascinating. John being accepted as Rob's heir uh, is destroyed if R plus L equals J in the books. Uh, as Ned is removed from the equation, nullifying the essence of Rob's decree, uh, that would throw. This into chaos. I do not expect and do not want the Battle of the Bastards in the books. Uh, will the Great Northern Conspiracy see the United Northern Lords negotiating with Stannis? So all that, all that, uh, the, these lords are are kind of making their play just south of where of where Stannis is at. So he's he's kind of uh, in the books where where we leave off. And if you look into some of the Winds of Winter chapters, I mean, he's in a position I think just north of Winterfell and the phrase are, are on the look for him. I mean, the Boltons have sent out a force to face him 
and uh, yeah, so so that's it's kind of fascinating. And, and then all the great lords are there at Winterfell. So depending on how that goes, how that goes down, if Stannis wins and prevails, and then gets to Winterfell, how are they going to deal with Stannis Baratheon? I think that's what's going to be really crazy and interesting about all of this. If 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 the, if the Boltons are defeated, Stannis wins out there, and he's still proclaiming to be the one true king, which Sir Matt will tell you he is. Uh, yeah, he is. What do they do? Because we see in the in the film in the in the in the TV show that they rally behind another king. They've already got right. this in their in their blood. It kind of fits in with today's chapter. They want to rule themselves, and we even get that in in the TV show again when Sansa says, "We've done our part, and the North will will be its own kingdom." So, well, I mean, it's just it's what we talked about, and that's our, kind of our show watcher's guide to the books that we've been doing on uh, Patreon is there's so many pieces that, you know, if we look at where the show takes us, okay, like, you know, we talked about, um, you know, big one was John Connington, who, you know, for those of you guys who are still like, you're not sure who that character is because we haven't met him or really heard of him yet. Um, You know, he was one of Rhaegar Targaryen's, like, best friends, generals, allies, all this stuff. Um, You know, if he's the one with Grayscale instead of Jorah Mormont, who is in the show... Well, then you got to somehow get John Connington all the way over here. So how do you do that? And in the show, Ramsey marries Sansa. Well, in the books, Sansa's nowhere close to that. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen to her. So, I mean, for that to happen, a lot of stuff has to kind of fit in. So yep. if Sansa doesn't marry, because there's Jane Poole there, right? You know, the fake the fake Arya, the, that whole bit. Um so if Sansa doesn't marry Ramsay, then that means I think it's possible Sanus does win. And where do you go from there? And like Mance Raider's still alive and possibly or he's possibly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's so many pieces where it's like, how are you going to get this to kind of fit all these things to have Bran sitting on the Iron Throne at the end? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it it's a big deal. It's it's pretty neat, and it's it's if you, if you want to look it up, I think the 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 thread here for the poll, um, we've got like a, a couple links to different sites. One of them is winter winteriscoming.net, where they just kind of summarize it. There's seven part theories on on Reddit, just kind of going over the evidence and trying to see who who is allying, which houses are are uniting, who's behind Rickon, who's trying to, uh, is there hope that that John snow will come back i mean what's 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 going on with that so it's cool it's a really cool thing maybe we, we should probably maybe when we're done with the heron hall um you know series we could we could look up some of the, the that grand northern conspiracy stuff because that is if winds of winter does drop at some point next year uh we're gonna want to be you know up on that as as, right. as a group yeah absolutely a community. so absolutely but okay so awesome yeah thanks again to uh to lord robert Always, always nice to have the captain's report in there. So, uh, into the Maester's study. So today, I, I have uh, Hoster Tully down here, and you know he he's House Tully's a big deal. They're a big player in the Riverlands. It's just we we don't. He's old when we meet him. I mean, he's dying here. Like this, like we'll meet him in this uh, chapter, and he's um uh like like later on, we've actually had back when we did Follow Up Friday, we had a bunch of ravens about his fever dreams and some of the stuff that he was saying in his dreams 
to Catelyn and maybe some of the reg- the, the regrets that he had with his daughters and their betrothals and things like that. And it was all kind of a little mysterious. So uh, that's interesting. But here we go. Hoster Tully is the uh, Lord of the Trident, uh, Lord of River Run, head of House Tully. He was married to Lady Manisa um, Went, uh, with whom he had three children who survived infancy, uh, Catelyn, Lysa, and Edmure. His younger brother is Sir Brendan Tully, the Knight of the Gate. So Sir Brendan Tully is also known as uh, the Blackfish. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, uh, let's just go over some of his uh, his history here and his appearance. So in, in his youth, he's, he's a tall, broad, strong, blue-eyed, brown-haired uh, guy. As he, as he grew older, we find out, uh, Catelyn mentions in this chapter that he became kind of portly, uh, b- bigger guy. Um, but now that he's, he's stricken with this illness, he's lost a lot of weight and he, he appears kind of shrunken. Uh, he's got this big white beard uh he's always been kind of a proud man when he was younger he could uh he couldn't stay still he often traveled uh, around he enjoyed watching the red fork and the tumblestone from his solar in the in the river run uh keep hoster's daughter uh catelyn stark does not believe he would be willing to father bastards that's that's kind of a just just more on his uh his character you know he's he's yeah. a lot like Edward Stark in that he yeah loyal guy. Um, let's see, yeah. Um, something interesting here in his early life. Uh, George just talking in, and I, I don't know where this where this was at, but he said that Hoster served in the War of the Nine Penny Kings, during which he met and befriended Lord Baelish. So if you ever wonder how did Peter Baelish become associated with the Tullys. George explains that early on, you know, um, Catelyn's father and and uh, Peter's father were were friends, and they they became friends during the War of the Nine Penny Kings. There you have it. I don't know if he just came up with that on the fly, or or if that's where, where that's referenced. It says uh, it was in a So Spake Martin U.S. signing tour uh, in California back in 2005. So I I always kind of wonder, does he just come up with that off the cuff, and he's just sort of like, yeah, that's that, that's when it happened. Like like J like J K Rowling, he just tweets it. Uh, yeah, you know. Now it's canon. Now it's official. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So um, following the death of his father, though, he inherits the rule of River Run at some point around 264. Uh, yeah. So he, he inherits River Run there. Um, Hoster attempts to betroth his younger brother, Brendan, to Bethany Redwine. And that comes up in this chapter as well. You, you wonder what the what's the beef? Right. Or what's what's the what's the issue between these two brothers? Why is he the Blackfish? Why did he end up going and, and, and being in service to Lysa, Lysa Aaron, uh, his niece, in the Vale? Why is he not with his brother? Or why is he not married and, and um, you know, ruling some other keep or whatever? He, he refuses. He refuses to be betroth- betrothed. And it's a it's a big I mean, even on his deathbed, Hostertelli is like pissed about this. He is his his lord he he's it's like it was an insult like he why, why wouldn't he listen to me and he, he <laughs> he's he's actually kind of losing his mind a little bit because he thinks that that the red wine girl is still young and she 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 didn't have anybody and that he left her whatever Catelyn kind of says hey she's actually been married for years and has three kids like we've all moved on but you're still you're still hung up on this uh so yeah, there's that. There's more on that, which which we can talk about later as to why he doesn't marry, and and maybe uh, what's going on with him. But 
we, as we're talking in the Patreon series, Sir Matt, we're we're, we're talking about uh, Hoster Tully possibly being a part of that that uh, what 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 did he call it? The the, the Southern Ambition Alliance, Southern, yeah, Alliance, yeah, yeah, and, and how maybe he's working with John Aaron to set up all these different marriage, uh, uh, you know. Uh, alliances or these these betrothals uh, to kind of unite houses. So you've got Catelyn Tully is is uh, arranged to be married to to Brandon Stark, and we know that he dies, and then so she ends up being uh, uh, betrothed to or married to Eddard Stark in Brandon's place. Uh, Lysa then goes to to John Aaron, but Lysa was at one point pro- was he was trying to get her. Um, hooked up with Jamie Lannister, right? That was that was someone who they had offered her up to Jamie Lannister. But um, yeah, so, anyways, yeah. So all of that is kind of going on. He's just this is um, him sort of setting up uh, his uh, making connections and, and what have you. Um, I think Walter Frey. Oh, actually, going back to his uh, back to his brother, Walter Frey was. You remember how he offers. Uh, you know some of his offspring to yeah his to Catelyn yeah and then he right yeah yeah you can right. pick you can pick which one you want right he does he kind of does the same thing for for, for the Blackfish and he's sort of like I'm good I'm good so um all right so but now now Lysa you know she was betrothed to John Aaron what have you ends up ends up um, you know marrying him but she has fallen in love with Peter Baelish and that becomes. A big issue. He he knows that he has Lysa kind of wrapped around his finger, and as he grows in power, uh, he 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 will use the influence that he has over Lysa uh, in 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 relationship with um, with her husband. You know, I mean, he he uses her against him, and so that's that's interesting to kind of uh, remember. Um, let's see. During Robert's rebellion, uh, he was he was a part of that as well, right? So he. Hoster fought in the Battle of the Bells at the Stony Sept, where he uh, where he was wounded by Lord John Connington, uh, who, who was who was King Aerys' hand to the king. The death of Sir Sir Denys Arryn and the heir of Lord Arryn in the battle gave Hoster a new opportunity. In exchange for Hoster's support, the aging and heirless uh, John Arryn agreed to marry Hoster's younger daughter. So that's really, I guess, how that kind of got got set up there. I was always kind of. I did. I did wonder. I, I didn't realize that was that was stated here. That 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 was sort of how those the two, plan. Yeah, how how those yeah. two had kind of came together during that battle, and um, and how she ends up getting betrothed to to uh, Lord Aaron. So because she was turned down by by Tywin, um, and 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 others, and he's he's also not just going to toss her to any lesser house he's really trying to make a really good alliance there with both of his daughters and he does with the starks and uh, to be to be allied to the vale is also huge to bordering na- you know neighboring uh kingdoms that's a big deal so uh all right i think that's pretty much all we wanted to cover there's there's a couple um more things i mean he he's always mocking lord walter frey late lord frey right so so he's the one so hoster uh, is the one who referred to him as late Lord Frey and kind of made made fun of him, and that's definitely going to come back to to haunt the Tullys later on uh, at a at a special wedding ceremony. So, yeah, it's it may yeah, it may. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it may. Yeah, it we'll may. we'll see when we get there. We'll see. Yeah. 
So, um, but in, in um, just in recent events to kind of set us up for this chapter, in, in two, 296 AC, Hoster fell ill and eventually became bedridden. And we might as well just move into, into, into this chapter. And, and before you go into all the summaries and stuff, it's the reason I wanted to do this is, is to, like, we talked about the, the, the pride that he has, but he's also a smart guy. And he, he doesn't, is. yeah, he doesn't want his, his enemies to know that he's weak and that he is not at, not able to command troops and send people and, and make, you know, do whatever. Um, I don't know that he has as much faith in his son. I mean, Edmure just kind of makes some mistakes and he doesn't always, he seems easily baited into stuff. When he, all the raiding is happening in, in, in the Riverlands, he's criticized a little bit about that. Uh, he, he, he will be criticized in the next book as well. So, he, he makes a couple blunders. I don't know. I like Admir Tully, but I don't think he was as as wise as as, a, as wise as his father, or um, a very good uh, leader, if you will. It almost seems like sometimes Catelyn Tully knows what they should do more so than her brother, and maybe Hoster knew that, and he definitely did not want word to get out that he was sick and that he was that he was bedridden. Um, so he doesn't send a raven. He doesn't send a rider, and. Uh, yeah, so, so so Catelyn's a little bit you know pissed and offended by that, but she also understands why he did it because the Lannisters are such a threat uh, on their western border. So, but all right, well I think that's okay. it for the Maester study. Hey. Let's uh, let's head into the reread here. All right, well uh, this week we are into Catelyn eleven. The last time we were uh, with Catelyn, Rob Stark had managed to lead his host Riveron without detection. Now Catelyn waits with her guards as her son leads his host to ambush Sir Jaime Lannister. Once the battle is over, Rob returns with Jaime as a captive. However, the death of several of Rob's party mars the sweetness of the victory. This week. Catelyn returns to River Run for the first time in many years. After meeting with her ailing father, she seeks out Rob in the Godswood. After uh, praying with his bannerman, Rob calls a council to determine their next move. The council argues for hours about which way to march and which king to support until Great John Umber gives a rousing speech and the bannermen proclaim Rob the king in the north. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, they do. Thankfully. <laughs> It seemed a thousand years ago that Catelyn Stark had carried her infant son out of Riverrun, crossing the Tumblestone in a small boat to begin their journey north to Winterfell. And it was across the Tumblestone that they came home now, through, uh, though the boy, the boy wore plate and mail in place of a swaddling clothes. Rob sat in the bow with Greywind, his hand resting on his direwolf's head, as the rowers pulled at their oars. Theon Greyjoy was with him. Her uncle Brendan would come behind in the second boat with the great John and Lord Karstark. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, something I noticed when it, when I was reading this, and it took me, I don't know, I, I like to reread the chapter a couple times, two, three times. Uh, I I was thinking about how George likes and how he sometimes tries to pay homage to the Lord of the Rings or or Tolkien's work. And I thought it's really interesting that he notes, it seemed a thousand years ago that Catelyn Stark had carried away her infant son from River Run. So this son leaves River Run, where he was born. He was, right, right? and he, he leaves there. That, that That's his, I mean, his home is Winterfell, right? But he's, he's at River Run, and he's born there with his mother while his father's off to war. Uh, he goes away to the north, 
and then he comes a, he comes back again from the north. He returns south, and he returns, air quote, as a king. You know, kind of the yeah. the, the return of the king, if you will. Uh, right. he's, no, he's not king. so just re- just replace River Run with Rivendale. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, Rivendale or Riverdale? Because those are two totally different things. Okay. Wow, One are, is wow. an amazing place I want to go to. Another is you know a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that Sir Ezra loves. Spoiler. Uh, Spoiler. Yeah, I do. There. I do like that show. It's great. <laughs> it's a great show. <laughs> um, but, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting because he's coming back home. And, and uh, when we talk about, like, oh, Jon Snow and, and Danny and, and who was born when and where and what was happening, uh, we, there, when you look at, like, the maesters who went north and what happened to the maester that was at Winterfell. Uh, why does Maester Lewin travel up there? Why is he seemingly a new Maester? It's it's all kind of fascinating. There's a bunch of theories about that. But yeah, she leaves River Run, goes up there, takes takes her son north, and then now she comes back here. And it, I think it's 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 neat. Well, I'm kind of jumping around here, but his um, his grandfather, Hoster Tully, see, he gets to see his grandson come back, and they're they're under siege. He's, it's just a proud moment for him. I think it's just, it's a cool thing for him to see his daughter there with her son, uh, who who is Lord of Winterfell now, and he's outmaneuvered the Lannisters. A, a nice little stick it to you situation, which I think is just really cool for him. I mean, it's just he's he's dying and he's I don't know he's he's surrounded by 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 this host and his grandsons out there doing battle and winning. Yeah, so make you proud, right? Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, before we get to all that though, I mean, she's, we get a little bit about just the layout of River Run, which we kind of talked about the last time we were in a Catlin mm-hmm. chapter and just how these, how these rivers kind of, um, converge and how they can create almost, um, like, like the, the, the castle looks like it's floating essentially, or like it's right smack dab in the middle of these, these rivers, but it's got, uh, <clears throat> these alleyways where, where the, where the the river literally runs through the keep. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost, I mean, it's like, yeah. And, and, you know, once you, once you looked at that drawbridge, it's, it becomes, you know, it's, it's funny because we think, I think, you know, we think about like the veil. Oh, that's really, that would be really hard to siege storms. end. that would be really hard to siege mm-hmm. river runs. I mean, all of them, actually, all the great castles really are, have their own kind of tricks to them, like Casterly Rock. Seems like if you look when you look at pictures of what like the interpret, you know, what they think about it, right? Like the book version of it is, it's like, man, that seems like you know, it's an enormous thing. It's at the top of this like giant mountain. How would you ever siege that? Well, same thing with River Run. I mean, it's it's designed to not be sieged. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, let's see here. Um, I'm gonna skip ahead just a little bit. They pass beneath the arch and under the walls, moving from. Uh, sunlight to shadow and back into sunlight. Boats large and small were tied up all around them, secured to iron rings set in the stone. Her father's guards waited on the water stair for, uh, with her brother. Sir Edmure Tully was a stocky young man with a shaggy head of auburn hair uh, and, a, and, 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 a, and a fiery beard. His breastplate was scratched and dented from battle, his blue and red cloak stained by blood and smoke. Um, I just think I, the, one of the reasons I like him is he's in the he's in it he's in the thick of things. I mean he's soon to be the new lord like the lord of of River Run and he's out he's just he's in the thick of uh of of the the, the fight. So I think it's kind of cool. Uh, his bright yellow armor was um, 
Oh, at his side stood Lord Titus Blackwood, a hard pike of a man with close-cropped salt pepper, uh, salt and pepper whiskers, and a hooked nose. His bright yellow armor was inlaid uh, with uh, jet in an elaborate vine and leaf pattern, and a cloak sewn from raven fe- raven feathers draped his thin shoulders. It had been Lord Titus who led the sortie that plucked her brother from the Lannister camp. So we're introduced to House Blackwood, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, we'll, we're, we're going we're to get House Bracken soon. And we'll, we'll learn that those two houses don't get along. Uh, no, they don't like each other. At all, at all. So, uh, but yeah, um, it, there's a lot of when they mention to where everyone's standing, they're always standing in water too right because they're mm-hmm. as, as they get out of the boats and stuff that it's 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 just another mention that, that this is this is river run we're, we're in a completely different spot uh gray wind though is there right bounding out mm-hmm. uh kind of kind of doing his thing he's scaring the shit out of everybody right i yeah. mean my god those those diaries well, when I, they come out it's just like what what where did that thing come from right well i mean I, yeah just just before we hit that um yeah i just the part here where it's talking about um it's like, you know, from the sandstone walls of the castle, soldiers and servants shouted down, shouted down her name and Rob's and Winterfell. From every rampart uh, waved the banner of House Tully, a leaping trout silver against a rippling blue and red field. It was a stirring sight, yet it did not lift her heart. She wondered if indeed her heart would ever lift again. Oh, Ned. Mm. Wow. Yeah, they're not here on there's It's not really a, a joyous occasion. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, it's not. And that's she says she says it often. Oh, Ned, you know, dear Ned or, you know, whatever she she. So we get her kind of still struggling with that, wishing he was here. What would he do in this moment? Uh, seeing why not? And even seeing uh, Eddard's teachings reflected in, in, in Rob's decision making, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah. So. Uh, OK. So let's see. She she kind of says, um, "Hmm. Ah, when we heard about Lord Eddard, um, yeah, we heard about Lord Eddard. The Lannisters will pay. I swear it. You have, you will have your vengeance." And then she, you know, she says back sharply, "Will that bring Ned back to me?" The wound was still too fresh for softer words. She could not think about Ned now. Uh, so as you say, yeah, she's she's upset, and all, and really, what she wants to do now that she's here, she wants to see uh, her father. And, uh, you know, he awaits her. Um, Lord Hoster is, is bedridden, my lady, her father, Stuart, explained. Uh, when, when, they had, uh, when they had that good man uh, grown, or when had that good man grown so old and gray. So just a re- reminder that she's been gone for a long time. It's, it's not like you can just hop in the car or, you know, get on your dragon and fly over to River Run. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a long ways away. And so it's... Not very often that you that you maybe get to see one another. So this is this is a special meeting for her, and it's been years since she's right. been back. So as she said, it seemed like a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, so Edmure takes her up. He he, he escorts her up there, and uh, she starts to kind of remember, like you know, Peter Baelish fighting Brandon Stark. So we get these like flashbacks, mm-hmm. these memories uh, about about various things, and and this backstory between her and her and Peter Baelish. He was he was in love with Catelyn. Uh, they she still and Lysa, is. yeah, yeah. Uh, played at kissing, right? They're sticking their tongues in each other's mouths. Okay, excuse well, me. Well, I don't think I don't think they were playing. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Well, yeah, 
Right. So, um, <laughs> but uh, so he was obsessed. I mean, was obsessed enough that he would challenge Brandon Stark to a duel. That's how he mm-hmm. gets that long scar, right? He gets that scar on his chest. I mean, he was he was messed up. Uh, okay. Uh, let's let's see. Yeah, and that's when when Edmure says, you know, he will not be with us long. Mm. You know, the Macers say the pain is constant and grievous. A blind rage filled her, a rage at all the world, at her brother Edmure and her sister Lysa in the Lannisters, at the Maesters, at Ned and her father and the monstrous gods who would take them both away from her. You should have told me, she said. You should have sent word as soon as you knew. And it says he forbade it. He didn't want his enemies mm-hmm. known he was dying, man. Yep. Afraid yeah. they might, afraid they might attack, right? And then a voice in, it whispered inside her, and he- you know, inside her head, "If you had not taken it upon yourself to seize the dwarf, <laughs> absolutely, yeah." She she starts to kind of regret uh, that action. I mean, maybe she. I remember, I remember that. Like it's it's the, the, she's on her way back to call the banners essentially secretly, and. Tyrion wasn't going to stop her. It it is kind of just crazy. Right. She the, this impulse to like she thinks her family's in danger and she every Lannister is a bad guy at that point. And yeah, she jumps the gun and she takes Tyrion and and now we're I mean, at Ned, war. Ned could still be alive because Ned could have maybe talked to yeah. Robert instead of being out for a handful of days. Right. Exactly. Maybe exactly. he could have gone on the hunting trip with him. Maybe you know what I mean. There's a bunch of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, but now we get into this sort of conversation where she she talks to her father here, and, and we we mentioned too that his he was a big man, but now he seemed kind of kind kind of shrunken. Um, he hasn't been eating. He's he's literally bedridden. He is out on this. Um, he's he's out on the what balcony or something, and like kind of over. He got a chance to see, actually watch and witness the the battle. He could see like the little camp lights in 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 the night and he he could hear the sounds of battle uh which which was kind of cool i think he rather uh enjoyed that so uh let's see his eyes opened to the sound of edmure's voice little cat he murmured in a voice thin and wispy uh and racked by pain my little cat uh i watched for you and then her brother you know leaves and and they kind of carry on um she says to him you should have told me a rider a raven and as I said before, you know, a, uh, writers are taken and questioned. Ravens are brought back down. He's just a smart yeah. dude, you know. He, yeah, he, he really, is. he really knew. He had the foresight to see the pickle that they that they would be in, and uh, he just didn't want to risk any of that. He didn't want people to know where he was at. Maybe he's still trying to prep Edmure, get him ready. Maybe there were, there were lessons still to be learned or something. Uh, but yeah, so he must have been fear. I mean, he like I. Well respected. I mean, he, he fought. He fought in the, the the War of the Nine Penny Kings, and he he, he bonds with John Aaron, and he uh, during Robert's Rebellion and everything. I mean, it's he had to have been a a respected lord. Well, I mean, I, you, I mean, you have to be. I mean, the you know we talk about it all the time. The Riverlands is not really like the easiest place to be like a joke. Mm-hmm. You're right in the middle of everything. So, I mean, to still be alive, I mean, this long, you know, with a Game of Thrones always going on. Yeah, I mean, says something. Yeah, you know, I sometimes think about him and uh, the Tyrells and Mace Tyrell and how he is kind of looked at. Like Mace is sort of, I don't know. They, they Mace is like, an idiot, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, like he like he's an idiot, and you don't get that same reverence, I guess, from other characters. So with Hoster, we don't really know exactly. We know that Walter Frey doesn't like him because of the things that he said, but he he seems to be fairly well respected. 
So, uh, you know, I don't know. That's just another perk or point there for, for River Run. Uh, okay, so... Yes, she says, I'm here, Father, with Rob, my son. He'll want to, uh, he'll want to see you, too. And, uh, you know, your boy, uh, he had my eyes, I remember. He did and does. And uh, we've brought you Jamie Lannister in irons. River Run is free again, Father. Lord Hosters uh, smiled. I saw that last night when it began. I told them, had to see. They carried me to the gatehouse, watched from the battlements. So there we go. That's, that's where he watched from. Uh, ah, that beautiful... The torches came in waves. I could hear the cries floating across the river. Sweet cries. When the siege towers went up, gods would have died then and glad if only I could have seen the children first. Was it your boy who did it? Was it your Rob? Yes, she said, and she's fiercely proud it was Rob. So, you know, you get this moment. It's just crazy because we are kind of building up Rob. Rob's epic. He, he, he did this, epi, this, this epic thing. Um, he's put in this position where they killed his father and... He comes in here, he outmaneuvers Tywin, he captures Jamie Lannister. It's like a awesome moment, you know? It's 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 good. Yeah, it's I mean, a good time for the Starks. Kind yeah, of. absolutely. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I you mean, know, it's, it's, they're, it's they're striking we're kind back, of we're, we're kind of on top. Yeah, we've these here's here's what we here's what, I mean it, I mean the Lannisters I mean, it's hard to say because it feels like the Lannisters are in a really bad spot. For most of the next book, really until Tyrion saves the day and Stannis, you know, kills his brother because mm-hmm. it seems like, man, you've got enemies all around you. Somehow they come out of it, not certainly not unscathed, but somehow they come out of it, which is like the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like Yeah. Tywin's maneuvering and just being a master at the Game of Thrones kind of kind of saves them. But uh well, and that's all. That's that's the big debate that we're going to get into here at the end of the chapter. Is is what should they do? What should what should um, Rob Stark do? So, um, yeah. But she, but she mentions that uh, Brendan is is here as well. I mean, she said, yeah, it, you know, it, it it was Rob who who came in and kind of saved the day, but it was also Brendan, your brother. He is here as well, my lord. Him, you know, uh, the Blackfish came back from the Vale. I. I, I Part of me thinks he he's happy that he came back. He's he's glad that he came back. And there's this when I when I think of them fighting and I think of the strife between them, I just think it's just a it's just a it's a huge misunderstanding. It's just I don't know. It's not like I mean it's it's a big enough disagreement that that Brendan won't be in service to House River Run. I mean he is in, right. in, in a way, but but you know th- through Lysa, I guess, and and he just kind of. Uh, does his own thing but it's anyways he's i think he's kind of happy that he's back um he, he wonders if lisa is back as well but uh she has to tell the truth and say that no um she's not back and he he said that he that he hoped he would have liked to have seen her before um and then she just cuts him off and says you know she's with her son in the airy uh lord robert now poor poor aaron's gone i remember why did she not come with you uh she is frightened my lord in the airy she feels safe she kissed his wrinkled brow. Uh, Rob will be waiting. Will you see him and Brendan? Your son, he whispered. Yes, Cat. Cat's child. He had my eyes. I remember. When he was born, bring him. Yes. So he's kind of talking in broken sentences, uh, just broken statements. I mean, he's he's drifting in and out of sleep. He's weary, uh, not able to really converse well with with Cat. 
uh, he's too tired though right now to meet with the Blackfish. And, right. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't really want to get in a fight. I would say. Um, he, he actually goes on. This is this is where he kind of he he kind of gets fired up. Uh, even on his deathbed, uh, she's realizing that that he's still upset. Uh, he's not wed. Uh, you know that father. Nor will he ever. Nor will he mm-hmm. ever. Why will he never marry? I don't know, Sir man. Matt? He just doesn't want to. He just does. You know, he just he just doesn't want to. Yeah. But I just like what he says. He's like, I told him, commanded him, marry. I was his lord. He knows. My right to make his match a good match, a red wine, old house, you know, sweet girl, pretty freckles, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, and this is kind of this is going to be what we see with Hasratali until he, you know, dies. Mm-hmm. Essentially, is he is he's on his deathbed, and we, this is where we, you know, later we'll start getting that uh, tansy, mm-hmm. you know, and, yep. and who who is that and. All of these, all of these kinds of things, and so you kind of have to pull out what he's saying and kind of make interpretations of it and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so some some good stuff for 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 Brendan here, though. I mean, he does acknowledge that he was ever a warrior, uh, mm-hmm. and, th- and that he was um, that he that he could always do that, and and so he knew he's at least proud of his of his younger brother, and that he he's he represents House Tully well in that regard even if he won't marry. So uh, I think there's more to that. I think uh, maybe people have thoughts on that. I've seen theories and just different ideas as to, as to why he won't marry. Um, and I think there's probably an obvious one. Uh, but yeah, it's just, he, he still represents House Tully very well. So, but uh, yeah, she, she's, uh, he, he decides to go to sleep. He's too sick to fight. She gives him a kiss. Um, you know, by fight, it may, we mean argument. Uh, she returns down to the, to the lower Bailey, and uh, she sees Sir, Sir Brendan Tully standing there uh, on on the on the water stairs with uh, wet boots, uh, asking the question, "Is he dying?" She said, as we feared. Her uncle's craggy face showed his pain plain. Uh, he ran his fingers through his thick gray hair. "Will he see me?" She nodded. He says he's too sick to fight. Uh, he chuckles. I'm too old. Uh, I'm too old of a soldier to believe that. Hoster will be chiding me about that red wine girl, even as we light his funeral pyre. Damn his bones. So as I, I, I read that as almost like a playful sort of like, ah, geez, you know, that's fine. I'm gonna go up there. He's gonna give me. He's gonna give me all this crap about it. But, but I'm here and he's dying and you know, it's, it's rough, for him. So, now, now this is where we kind of transition, right? We, we, we go into. She's looking for, uh. For Rob and, and and the other lords, and trying to figure out where they're at, and they've actually, he's headed. He's he's uh, Rob's gone to the Godswood, right? Right. Yeah. The yeah. West, yeah. Yeah. And she sees uh, she sees like Theon Greyjoy. He's like he was you know seated on a bench in Riverrun's Great Hall, uh, and he's kind of like telling a story. He's like you know some tried to flee, but we pinched the valley shut at both ends, and we rode out into the darkness with sword and lance. The Lannisters must have thought the others um, themselves were on than when that wolf of robs got in among them uh you know so that's theon kind of uh telling a story and she walks up and she says uh you know where, where where might i find my son uh lord rob went to visit uh the godswood my lady mm-hmm. yep yeah yeah much like his she father says, it yeah it it's it's it was what ned would have done his father's son as much as mine i must remember oh god's ned mm-hmm. oh, man every every time you see those it just breaks your heart yeah yeah yeah, and this is she. She, um, yeah, man, yeah, she's. It's such a cool thing too, 
like mm-hmm. that that he that he remembers this is he's probably he's probably thinking this whole time what would dad do right what would his father do uh and and, he, and he's, he's also thinking he's here now he has to make these choices so he's going to go to the god's wood and pray because he worships the old gods and he wants to 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 seek that wisdom later on he says that they didn't answer he didn't know i mean he prayed that they would give him like like tell him what to do but he got no answer um Catelyn kind of looks at the, look at looks at these gods and and wonders you know how can how, these are the gods that we worship and they, they've done nothing to to really help her and she's lost so much already she's unfortunately she's going to go through much more but uh, she she's lost her husband she she doesn't know where her her daughters are right uh, she she kind of uh, just can't I don't think she can pray I don't think I don't think she really has any no. faith left in anything right now yeah. she's just distraught so no i mean yeah she's cursing the god she's cursing everybody mm-hmm. yeah so um we'll skip down past some of this i mean they talk about uh, she has some memories some flashbacks to her and edmure and lysa running through the god's wood and and just learning from her father uh and then the whole peter baelish kissing scene uh pops up there and uh, so so there's that but after that rob kind of he gets up and he slowly uh she sheathes his sword and uh he heads into well, actually, interesting point here. She wonders if if he's ever kissed a girl, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And that how and then she's like, "Well, he must have, yeah, yeah, he must have." Uh, Jane Poole had been looking at him right from time to right. time, and and stuff. It just makes me kind of sad because I would mm-hmm. have loved for, um, for, for uh, what did I say? Jane Jane Poole, sorry. Uh, would I would have loved to seen her, you know. I don't know why Rob with someone from the north. I don't know. I just it makes right. me sad. It makes me sad when I think about like she's thinking about it right here, wondering like he's married to his sword. He's married to his war. That's kind of what she says later on, right? Uh, and, and then she's looking at him like, but has he lived yet? Has he? Has he? Yeah, been with and that's how she. Yeah, he, yeah, that's how she's looking at it. Is not like oh, has he? You know, yeah, um, yeah. just just kind of like yeah, you know. I hope that he's done these these kind of things. Yeah, as as he had these experiences, it's just I think it's heartbreaking for her as a mother to see her son growing up so quickly, faster than maybe he needs to, and you know, so right there's, there's that. But uh, yeah, so so they move into um, they move into the great the the kind of the the great hall mm-hmm. here, and uh, you see like uh, Sir, Sir Edmure's in there s- sitting where. Uh, sitting, um, she her son sits down. She sits either to, to one side of him. Theon, uh, Gr- Greyjoy is is in there as well. Uh, the the Northern Lords sat opposite with with Catelyn and Rob facing her brother across the tables. Uh, they were fewer. The Great John sat at Rob's left hand, and then Theon, Greyjoy, uh, Galbert Glover, and Lady Mormont were to the right of Catelyn. Lord Rickard Karstark, Gaunt and Hallowed. Halidide, in his grief, took his seat like a man in a nightmare, his long beard uncombed and unwashed. Remember, he had lost his sons. Um, he had left uh, there. There it is. He had left two sons in the Whispering Woods, and there was no word of the third, his eldest, who had led the Karstark spears against Tywin Lannister on the Green Fork. So, he's he's distraught. And actually, she tries to play on that a little bit. She she will want. I mean, Catelyn kind of wants peace, right? And she tries to use some of the grief. That these other lords have, have have gone through and say, haven't we suffered enough? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And this is where I mean, she starts listening all listening all kinds of people. You know, you have, um, you know, Mark 
the hot-tempered Mark Piper urged a strike west against Castle Rock. Others counseled patience. Um, you know, everyone's kind of saying this is what we should do. This is what we should do. Um, Lord Jonas Bracken rose to insist they ought to pledge their fealty to King Renly and move south. You know, Renly is not king, Rob said. Uh, it was the first time he spoken. Like his father, he knew how to listen. You cannot mean to hold for Joffrey, my lord. Galbert Glovey said, he put your father to death. Uh, you know, that makes him evil, Rob replied. I do not know that it makes Renly king. Joffrey is still Robert's eldest trueborn son because they don't know that he's right. not. Mm-hmm. Um, so the throne is rightfully his by all the laws of the realm. Were he to die, and I mean to see that he does, he has a younger brother, Tommen. Um, you know, they're like, Tommen is no less a Lannister. As you say, yet if neither one is king, still how could it be Lord Renly? He's Robert's younger brother. Bran can't be Lord of Winterfell before me. And Renly can't be king before Lord Stannis. Mm -hmm. So they say, you know, Lord Stannis has the better claim. Renly is crowned. Um, You know, if if Winterfell and Riverrun add their strength to his, he will have five of the seven great houses behind him, six if the Aarons bestir themselves, you know, six against the rock, my lords, Um, you know. So, um, you know, they're talking about all of this thing. You know, what does Lord Stannis have against that that we should all cast it aside? You know, the right is what Rob says. Mm -hmm. Um, So you need to declare for Lord Stannis. A lot of this happens the same way in the show. He says, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. He's like, I prayed uh, I prayed to know what to do, but the gods did not answer. The Lannisters killed my father for a traitor, and we know that was a lie. But if Joffrey is the lawful king and we fight against him, we will be the traitors. Hmm. Um, you know, hey, that's what the that's what the that's his dad did. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, let, me, let me jump in just real quick. I mean, he – so one thing that's kind of interesting, if you're watching – if you're looking at this from afar, you're, you're, you're one of the small folk – and let's just say you had heard that, oh, Eddard Stark and Robert Baratheon, you knew uh, during Robert's Rebellion that they were close and that they their families were close. Uh, it would be odd to kind of see Robert Baratheon's, you know, son killing his best friend, you know, his father's best friend. That would be kind of odd. But we know up close that really he is more of a Lannister, and he's not a Baratheon. Right. And we, we, we know some of that inside stuff, but to, to, to the realm, it's interesting to step back sometimes and think, like, yeah, that's got to be kind of strange. And now, as Rob's looking at this, not really even being as close as his father was and knowing all those details, he sees Tommen as a Barath- as Tommen Baratheon. I mean, that is that is Robert's next son. What has right. he done wrong? You know, uh, but, but they are going to be traitors. Uh, they, either way, they've they've kind of risen up and and they're 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 marching they're fighting they're warring uh, against air quote the kingsmen i guess if you will uh, tywin and in, in, in the lannisters and what have you it seems like they're they're the traitors or they're in open rebellion um right there where, where we kind of left off i mean there's again more people counseling uh sir, sir stevron right is is um, wanting them to be patient to kind of <laughs> Hold on, let's see who wins, right? And then let's join that side, much like his father. So, uh, yeah. And then this is where this is where Catelyn, you know, um, like the idea the idea of peace, right? Like, you know, what if we, you know, with or right here, it's um. 
Sir Devrin says, you know, wait, let these two kings play their Game of Thrones. When they are done fighting, we can bend our knees to the victor or oppose him as we choose. With Renly arming, likely Lord Tywin would welcome a truce uh, in the safe return of his son. Noble lords, allow me to, you know, go with him at Harrenhal, arrange the good terms and ransom. You know, Craven, the great John thundered, begging for a truce will make us seem weak, declared Lady Mormont. You know, ransoms be damned. We must not give up the Kingslayer. Why not peace? Catelyn asked. Uh, the lords looked at her, but it was, it was Rob's eyes she felt, and his alone. My lady, they murdered my lord father, your husband. He said grimly, his un, you know, sheath, he unsheathed his longsword and laid it on the table before him, the bright steel on the rough wood. This is the only piece I have for the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. The great John bellowed his approval, and the other men added their voices, shouting and drawing swords and pounding their fists on the table. You know, my lord, she said to them, Lord Eddard was your liege, but I shared his bed and bore his children. Do you think I love him any less than you? Her voice almost broke with her grief, but Catelyn took a long breath and studied herself. Rob, if that sword could bring him back, I should never let you sheathe it until Ned stood at my side once more. But he is gone, and a hundred whispering woods will not change that. Ned is gone, and Darren Hardwood, and Lord Karstark's valiant sons, and many other good men besides, and none of them will have none of them will return to us. Must we have more deaths still? Um, you know. Then uh, they go into a couple things here where they basically say she doesn't know what she's talking about because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's just you know yeah. whatever yeah. um you know, you know give me cersei lannister lord karstark said and you would see how gentle a woman can be catelyn replied perhaps i do not understand tactics and strategy but i understand you know fealty uh we want to win we want we went to war with the lannister armies we were you know ravaging the riverlands and ned was a prisoner falsely accused for treason we fought to defend ourselves and to win my lord's freedom well, the one is done and the other forever beyond our reach. I will mourn for Ned until the end of my days, but I must think of the living. I want my daughters back and the queen holds them still. If I must trade our four Lannisters for their two Starks, I will call that a bargain and thank the gods. I want you safe, Rob, ruling at Winterfell from your father's seat. I want you to live your life, to kiss a girl, to wed a woman and father a son. I want to, to write an end for this. I want to go home and weep for my husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it, it it's it's tough. She's got some really good points uh, that they were fighting to get Eddard to, to free him and and to make it known that they wanted him free and they wanted this right and they wanted this settled. Once he's killed, uh, okay, what are we gonna do now? Rob's point is like, and actually Brendan uh, will will say this as well, as well, kind of like who's to say they're not gonna do it again. Who's to say right. that they're not going to betray? Um, I mean, Joffrey's just talking about traitor's blood. He's talking about it with 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 Sansa and how it it uh, can't be cleansed essentially, and and it must be in her, and it must be in it's it's in her brother. She's going to bring her brother's head uh, to her, and all the all this all this crazy stuff. So I think once you get once you get closer to it, I think Rob would would know that this is that there's nothing for it. You have to kind of take Joffrey out. And, and and also, he said earlier when they were talking about who had the right to be king, uh well, he's got the right to go down here and, and and whoop Joffrey's ass, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just like yeah, damn straight. I mean, like I, so I don't know. I mean, I I I'm all for him pull, pulling out his long sword and just 
you know everybody everybody getting after it because uh it's it's what they did was was wrong it wasn't right we know that we're even closer to it than rob and and because we, we as as the reader got, got to see all the craziness that went down all the betrayal we, we still saw how how honorable eddard is and it's just like man uh if if does catlin catlin not know that does she not understand what's going on or uh, but she really just wants to kind of preserve what she does have. And there's a huge risk in moving forward with war. And it's a lot of force. There's a lot of foreshadowing here, kind of not direct in your face, but uh, she just by her wanting to kind of keep the family that she has and to see Rob sitting in Winterfell ruling. Uh, wow. You know, so... Anyways, but uh, yeah, they, they kind of uh, go back and forth. Brendan gives, he, he talks about uh, peace and, and how, the line that he has is pretty good. It says, uh, he says, uh, it is no good hammering your sword into a plowshare if you must forge it again on the morrow. So n no point in kind of like putting your sword up for peace if you're going to have to pull it right back out tomorrow. Let's just right. finish this. Let's just get this done. Uh, so, yeah. Now... Uh, they, they talk about the mountain kind of laying waste to their fields and all the, all the wrongs that he had done. Uh, Lord Blackwood is is kind of, um, you know, well actually actually he 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 and uh, Lord Lord Bracken can't agree on anything, right? So that that's that kind of continues to be a uh, the this the same thing. But uh, yeah, they each kind of have grievances. They they, they all have kind of grievances against the Lannisters or the king or the. The mountain, who is who is a bannerman of of the Lannisters, so uh, Catelyn was thinking of her girls, wondering if she would ever see them again. When the great John lurched to his feet, "My lords!" he shouted, and his booming voice. So this guy just gets up and he's just ready to go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, uh, booming voice. Here is what I say to these two kings. So they do talk about the two kings uh, mm -hmm. for, for a bit, and and uh, he spat. Renly Baratheon is nothing to me, nor Stannis neither. Why should they rule over me and mine, from some flowery seat in Highgarden or Dorne? What do they know of the wall, or the wolf's wood, or the barrows of the first men? Even their gods are wrong. The others take the Lannisters too. I've had a belly full of them. He reached back over his shoulder and drew his immense two-handed greatsword. Why shouldn't we rule ourselves again? It was the dragons we married, and the dragons are all dead. He pointed at Rob with his blade. There sits the only king I mean to bow my knee to, my lords, he thundered. The king in the north. Amen. The king in the north. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, so, I mean, he is, that's, that's, I mean, that that's crazy. It, the other crazy thing is that they make this declaration. I mean, the, the, the rest of the lords, we're just going to read on here. Uh, he knelt, he laid his sword um, at her son's feet. All have peace on those terms, Lord Karstark said. Um, they can keep their red castle and their iron chair as well. He eased his longsword from its scabbard. The king in the north, he said, kneeling beside the great John. Um, Mage Mormont stood, the king of winter, she declared, and laid her spiked mace beside the swords. Uh, and, and the river lords were rising too, the Blackwoods and Brackens and Malisters, houses who had never been ruled from Winterfell. Yet each of them kind of raised their sword. They bent their knee. They shouted the old words, uh, King in the North. We hadn't seen this since uh, before Aegon the Conqueror. Um, yet now, uh, but n yet now these old words were heard again, ringing from the timbers of her father's hall. The King in the North 
the king in the north, the king in the north. Um, it, it's it's epic to me that that it's he's not just the king of the north; he's the king of the north in the, in, in in the Riverlands now, right? I mean, they've they've completely joined up with him. So well, I mean, yeah, you're just kind of you're just kind of taking you're just kind of shuffling them into the north. Yeah, which I think is great. The, which I mean, the new the new north, the new north. I mean, that's when you think about that. That was not the case with with Torrin Stark, uh, but before he bent the knee. So, I mean. I I, I I would argue Rob is now, I mean, he's, as the kings of winter go, he's he's ruling more territory now than any of them ever did. So, <laughs> anyways, it's just kind of neat. And I, I thought about this return of the king. This is where he was born. His family uh, hails from here. And they, that alliance sure, sure kind of pays off. I mean, marrying into the Stark family, as, as Catelyn does, and, and, and that alliance is... Um, and it's 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 important. It's significant, and it's uh, it easily kind of allows the Riverlands to join up with the North and to declare him King of the North, um, and to bend their knee to him. So, just epic, man. Epic chapter. As I mean, that was hey, we have one chapter left, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just th- I mean, just I mean, just think about where we are now from where we started. Yeah, I know. I mean, man, everything seems uh, hunky dory. Now we're like Ned Stark, our 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 favorite character's dead, and his son's declaring war. And now he's declaring. Not only is he declaring war, you know, just to get his dad back. I mean, they're saying, no, we're our own. We're our own nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's it's uh, it's 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 really neat. I mean, it's so much is happening at the end of this book. I mean. You you get a lot of world building. You get some character development. We get to know the the lay of the land. We get all the terminology. We get the, we we understand the religions better. Uh, and now, right here in these last couple chapters, we've got uh, John Snow going to war. We've got Rob, who has been in war, and John was trying to get to him. Uh, Daenerys has has seen war over in Essos, and she's she's lost. You know, um, her son. She she's lost uh, Khal Drogo, right? And she she losing her child and uh we're gonna see next week uh, pretty pretty big uh pretty big um ordeal there the birth of her dragons and so yeah you're right it's 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 crazy to think where we start it's actually it, it starts on on this like the prologue all that crazy action the all the, the activity up in the north is is uh we see several white walkers and then it's just sort of like we forget that for a while. We get into the Game right. of Thrones, and then now here at the end, we're like, "Oh, war is on, and we're the, the war is taking place all over." I mean, it's all the war is breaking out everywhere. We got armies moving, and then we've got the Night's Watch saying we're going north. And Danny now is going to be kind of um, uh, on her, on her own, uh, forging her own path with her own Kalisar. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy. All right. Well, uh, we have a raven here. Yeah, we got a couple ravens. Um, so we got uh, J-, J. Ratliff uh, sent us just a, a quick little thing here. He noticed last week, and and he's noticed in some of, in some of the John chapters that. Um, so this is actually Lord Jeremy of of House of House uh, of House Jam. Um, he <laughs> that, yeah. Do you, do you do you get that reference? I don't no. think you do. No, uh, it's it's a it's a Parks and Rec. It's a Parks and Rec reference. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Lord Lord Jeremy of House Jam. Yeah, that's great. 
That's fine. Okay, cool. Um, I, I I need to watch it. I don't know. I've never. I, I, I don't know how you. I don't know how you haven't seen it, dude. It's hilarious. People keep telling me it's you know. Um, so but yeah, he mentioned that he he keeps noticing that John is flexing his burnt hand. Uh, it's repeated quite often in the John chapters. He just kind of wondered what was our thought on that. Why does why does Gur keep kind of talking about that? I mean, he says he doesn't waste words. Every everything is 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 important, and he and he he does. He's right. I actually right. If if you look it up, I mean, he will keep kind of working that burnt hand, and it's something that well, I remember when we were talking about spec. We're speculating for season eight and so on, and, and the other uh, previous seasons. We were talking about would John be him being a Targaryen? Is is he going to be able to like? How do we prove that? Is he going to be hit with like dragon fire and and survive? And it's like well. Probably not, because he was burned by just a regular old, uh, you know, torch that had lit up the curtain that he threw on a white uh, and 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 saved Jor Mormont. So, um, yeah, I don't Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, why? Why is why is George always kind of referencing that he's he's got that burnt hand? Is it just the idea that fire is what's going to save the day? Is it the Song of Ice and Fire? It's um, I think of it more as like a scar. um both figuratively and literally. Um, I don't know, you know, just kind of like this idea of like, you know, I mean, it's like Jamie, Jamie Lannister loses his hand and it just, it's just, it's, it's a part of who he is like going through the story. It's not like he's going to get his hand back or that it has some sort of magical, thing going forward it's just it's it was this it was this big event that kind of changed him Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of be the kind of the same thing for john whereas you know in the show obviously in the books john's dead but in the in the show um obviously you know he comes back and he is really the one he may not be the one in the show to kill the the night king but he's certainly the one to lead the arm to lead the battle against the army of the dead and i think that is kind of the scenario here is that is like a is a changing moment for john um and it's going to be something that is important later down the line as we know that it's like you know now he's seen this is the first time he's seen oh like you know the the air quote army of the dead right Mm -hmm. like in like the the true enemy and it it's and it comes when he gets his hand burned so that's that's how i always kind of viewed it is it's it's more of this kind of scar like Jamie references you know like his hand a lot you know and Bran talks about his legs a lot and you know stuff like that so I think that to me that's what it's always kind of been yeah basically like a like a reminder um, right that, yeah, yeah that, that the character thinks on dwells on um, and it, and it's an important thing for the reader too to kind of remember as well that that fire is what worked before we're gonna need it again uh, don't forget it yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's also neat when you when you tie it in with some of the other theories about does he have the blood of the dragon in him? Is that a, a sign? Of, is that a lack of a sign that he's a Targaryen? People people can go crazy uh, with with all of that, but I'm kind of with you. I think it is it is just something that he will dwell on. It's a reminder for him. Uh, so yeah, that's a good question though. I mean, there is George does not waste words, and so there's there's a reason for everything. And everything. yeah, I mean. And it may be something that we come to realize later down the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So we have one more uh, Raven here. We've got uh, this is Lady Amanda, mother of hounds, uh, who I met this weekend, and uh, just a wonderful person. I wish I would have had a chance to 
to um, actually sit down and, and uh, was doing some recordings and and wish I would have had a chance to sit down and, and record with her. So I'm gonna have to have her her on because she listens to a lot of our podcast, all of our podcasts, I think. And so uh, just just really cool. We got a get a raven from her. She says hello, uh, sir, sirs, Matt and Ezra. I know everyone uh, says it, but thank you so much for the podcast. The last couple months. Um, are the first that I've been able to spend time reading in well over a year, and A Song of Ice and Fire has been on my to-read list since Game of Thrones began. Uh, the read-through definitely gave me the kickstart I needed to jump into the series, and I'm loving it so far. Still catching up to where you guys are at. Uh, but either I'll get there eventually, um, or I'll just go off your cliff notes. <laughs> okay. Um, not sure how I stumbled across Bend the Knee, but after someone in the Facebook group suggested going back through the old episodes for uh, the existing reread chapters, to my surprise, I found out why you guys sounded so familiar. Um, I was a listener of Second Breakfast. Whoa, uh, back there's, a in the day. There's, a, there's a throwback. There it is. Uh, and loved listening to you guys, even if I couldn't give a crap about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going, it's, it's an epic story. It's an epic story. Hey, you know, someday I, I may I may do a full Dragon Ball yeah, podcast. Absolutely, yeah. People, uh, people, you got me it, into you know? it. I loved it. I know, I, man. It's great. I, it's a great. It's I a good. It's good. It's a good. It's a good, it's a good story, man. Yeah. It's only like the largest, you know, anime of all time. I mean, it's not like it's. Yeah, Matt was like, "You do you want to watch a thousand episodes of this thing? You know, Dragon Ball, whatever. I'm like, a thousand episodes. What? Yeah, I'm like, this guy can beat Superman, and I was like, okay, I don't say. Um, so it was, it was still highly entertaining and it gave me a mental break from the real world for a bit, uh, without getting into details. I came across second breakfast in early 2018, around the same time that my, that my future mother-in-law was diagnosed with an aggressive brain tumor. Um, you guys were a welcome distraction on the drives to and from the hospital those first couple months, right up until I broke my phone and realized, um, that my podcast were not backed up. Uh, I'm just happy to find the pod again, and now that it uh, introduced me to Uptalk and Tolkien, and further up, I found myself reading three separate series at once. Gotta love a challenge. Well, welcome to my wow, well, there. Well, <laughs> get ready, because oh yeah, <laughs> come January, you, you may just have, I mean, we're not saying that we're doing it. Yeah, right, right. We're not we're not saying we're doing it, but just you know, I mean there Let could the be a dragon right again. There right? just may be another book series you may want to get into. You know, I'm just yeah, I, I'll just say I say to I'll just say yeah. January first, twenty twenty. I mean, just yeah, tune in. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, be watching the social media, make sure you're following us. Um Okay, so she says, uh, I've been thinking about what to have as a house sigil and tossed around a lot of ideas, a rabbit hole, uh uh a dog wearing a tinfoil hat, but I keep coming back to my original thought of a rendition of the Green Dragon sign. Uh, Middle Earth was the first deep dive into uh, the fantasy genre, so it's fitting. I also found this picture on the web. So she put a picture in here of like the, the Green Dragon uh, in that you guys might know from the Shire and from, from uh, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings uh, work there. So, but yeah, uh, a dragon peeking over a pair of spectacles, holding a mug of coffee in one hand and a big ass book in the other. So uh, that's sort of her uh, sigil there. So she says, "Keep up the good work, Lady Amanda, Mother of Hounds." Yeah, she because she's Mother of Hounds because she felt that it was the Westerosi equivalent to quote dog mom, which is which is hysterical. So, oh boy, um, yeah. So so anyways, thanks to Lady Amanda. Uh, epic. I was really happy to kind of meet her, and I thought this was kind of uh, cool. I saw this sitting in our inbox, and I wanted to make sure that I 
read it on the podcast, and uh, you know, it's 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 nice. We, Sir Matt and I, have talked about 2020 and our hopes and dreams, and and I think we're gonna have a pretty big meetup. I think we're gonna plan a meetup. We've been for, talking about it. I think it's it's yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. We, we will be well into Clash of Kings, and it'll be. Uh, maybe a good time to hit up a couple of those. Well, I got so busy. I mean, honestly, Sir Matt, the job is literally getting in the way. Okay, I just. I mean, that's where I'm at too. You know, you know what I'm we just we got to we just got to we just got to figure out the logistics. Why of it, do we but, have uh, to know. work? I don't understand. Right. Um, we just got to be able to do this thing called you know like pay rent and and stuff like that. But once we figured that it. out, then that's you know it. yeah. It's like I could devote, you know, the, my my life to this podcast I, hey. and other and other podcasts as well. And you know, but we're we're gonna get there. We're gonna figure it out, and it's gonna be great mm-hmm. because then we can, you know, do it to, all all the time. Yeah, I'm. Mean, I'm just. I'm. I'm about to just sell my car and get a cargo van and just take this podcast on the go. I could podcast in a cargo van, honestly. So watch out, friends. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, I I do want to do like you know, kind of a meetup because it was really cool to meet some of the listeners. Uh, from some of the other projects that I do and from this project. It's just, it's cool. You know, it's, it's, we feel like you guys are friends. I mean, this is a, a book club. It's a community. It's a, it's, it's a positive group. We have a really good group of people that, that uh, are energetic and, and passionate about the series. And I don't know. I mean, we, guys, we, we read so many messages every day from the Instagram to the Twitter to the Facebook to the Gmail and, it's overwhelming, and I wish we had more time, Sir Matt, to kind of talk about those things and, and to – we almost need, like, full segments or full – we used to do, like, like follow-up Friday where we, where we really got to dive in to people's comments and stuff, and, and, and that's, that's why I'm hoping I, I will have more time to do that because it's just so nice meeting people and, and, and engaging with, with other people around the world who are into the same thing that you're into, and I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You feel me on that? I 100% feel you on that, man. Yeah. It's great. We love it. That's what yeah. we just what we it's all we want to do. Yeah. So, anyways, just just know we love you guys and and uh I really cannot wait to do a meet up and and uh meet some of our bannermen, captain of the guards, uh the night's watch and you, all of you. So, we'll we'll pick a con maybe and we'll we'll do we'll do a meet up at a Game of Thrones con even if we're doing something like just a pop culture con. Uh, I've talked to Sir Matt about going to C2E2 uh, this I think it's coming up in was it February or January February something like that so uh, just letting people know where we're gonna be and if you want to meet up there and you want to kind of because I'll probably go either with with Sir Matt or I'll go by myself quite frankly oh I'm so, going yeah I think we oh we're going we we are I mean you are you 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 promised me you're buying my ticket so I'm the, I'm there yeah man. yeah I so mean, you're there yeah. <laughs> yeah wait 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 am I buying your ticket into 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 the uh, Expo or your plane ticket? Which one are we? I mean both. I mean that's why oh, okay. you don't. Yeah, you know, buy those, yeah. then quit your job. Then quit my job. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. There we go. Just make sure uh, you get those bought before you uh, <laughs> quit your job, man. Oh, jeezy cow. Wow. All right, friends. Well, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, again, we've uh, we love you guys. Hit us up over on Patreon. We are uh, putting more content out there and. Uh, is this has been a crazy month, so that's, that's a little been. bit delayed. So uh, apologies for that. Like literally, one of the mo- the craziest month. I almost quit my. I mean, literally on the spot, I almost quit my job last week. So, yeah. and then we had a crazy weekend, full of all the crazy stuff that we talked about at the top of the show. So we're gonna be fine at the end of this month. We, we've uh, uh, Sir Matt and I are actually recording. You guys will get this. I think it's gonna drop um, Thursday for you folks, and then 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we are doing it's just like a mad, uh, mad bit of recording. Which yeah, mad di- you know. a mad dash of uh, Patreon content. So yeah, so just just gonna go nuts. But anyways, uh, thanks for all your support, and uh, yeah, I think it's about time for us to to sign off here, my friend. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, you know, guys, uh, we want to thank you for uh, real quick. Go ahead. I, should, I mean, should I start a Dragon Ball podcast? I mean, just let me yeah. know. <laughs> let him know. I mean, yeah. Let, let me let me know. Okay. Twenty twenty, anyway, man. Twenty yeah. twenty. Yeah. I mean, anyway. Well, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter seventy two, the last chapter in the Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. It's been a journey. Yep. It's crazy. Uh, which is Daenerys 10. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, if, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week. And remember that winter is coming.